going on, Mark? Hey, Johnny, how you doing there, buddy? I am doing pretty good. How about yourself? Um, I almost died this week. Tell me about it, man. So, you you might remember, and listeners, you might remember how, like, I got a field promotion to produce manager. Well, I got another field promotion to bakery manager now. Woo! Because, <laughs> basically, um, the, the bakery manager said, fuck this, I'm out, so she's gone. So, um, I was in at two in the morning to make the donuts, right? Because you gotta make the donuts. And, um, oh, son of a bitch, if, that, if the freezer door didn't lock behind me. Oh, no. It's two in the morning, and I am by myself. There's no cell phone service, so I'm in this, like, zero-degree cooler, and I'm pounding on the fucking door. And it wasn't until 6 a.m. when somebody from, like, the fr- like what, like when they opened the store at 6, somebody from the front, like, heard me pounding on the door. Apparently, the lock had just broken or something, and they let me out. And but the, the, the hell of it is, is they were upset because someone was complaining because there was no donuts to be made. And I'm like... I don't care about the donuts. You just pulled me out of a freezer. Like, yeah. terrible, Johnny. Terrible. I Pretty much. This but isn't I a donut up, you know, issue or a waste issue. This is a, a you saved my life issue. Yeah. And I mean, it's not so much, you know, like, my life is so important. But damn it, Johnny, the customers need their donuts. Oh, hell, give them four donuts, Mark. <laughs> oh, shit. I gave the girl that pulled me out six for free. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. Yes, welcome to Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I continually lie about my working conditions to make up interesting cold opens. And my name is Mark, and I am joined by my good buddy, Johnny. And we're going to talk two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill. We're going to talk about the good parts and the bad parts and the high points and the low points. And we're going to talk about why I have a budding fetish for an animated character named Luann Platter. And Johnny, you want to just get into her, buddy? The the yes, episode, not Luann Platter, <clears throat> to be <laughs> clear. Uh, y- yes, I am, I'm definitely willing to get into one, not the other. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start this week with episode 81, Nancy Boys. So we are on episode 81, Nancy Boys. We have an original air date mark of April 30th, 2000. Um, let's see here. Our writers are Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger. Mm, Berger. <laughs> this might be their last episode, honestly, if I'm if I'm looking forward to the future. I think this is the last one that they wrote for us, which is really oh, sad. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we've got here. So it, it's the end of an era because I know uh, you and I have definitely enjoyed a lot of the stuff they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm really curious, and maybe it's something that you and I can divulge into near the end of the episode. I want to know what these guys have done other than this, because you don't just stop writing unless you die. And I don't think they both fucking died. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what project they moved on to, because we are rapidly, rapidly approaching. Like, next episode is going to be our season four finale. So, like, and I don't think it's too far-fetched to say... We're almost out of the golden years of King of the Hill. Like, we're starting on the downhill slope. We've hit some of the really high points already. And so I'm curious to see, like, a lot of our our mainstays here, they're going to be leaving. This is our last Abel and Berger. I don't think we have too many more of the Allens left. I don't know if we have any more Lieberstein left. Like, I'm really curious to see if that's where the quality dipped is when these guys left. I... I, I mean, we are going to actively be able to track it here. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
at least I don't at least a personal quality, you know, not to, not to shit on other people. Writing is not an easy thing to do. I don't want to say that, but I don't know. Sometimes you just like you connect with characters better as a, like a specific writer will connect with them better. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, sorry, that was a weird divulgent tangent. But this is uh, our, this is our last Abel and Burger and I'm kind of sad about it. Oh, God, it's the final burger. The no, final no, burger, no. man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we have a cast of characters here. It's relatively small. We have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, John Redcorn, and Mr. Winston. Uh, Mr. Winston, of course, uh, suffered a, almost the same fate as you did, Mark, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, are you ready for my synopsis of this episode? I put a little bit more heart into the next couple ones of these. Okay, yeah. Lay it on me, buddy. <laughs> Except for the one I didn't care for. Um, Except, so <laughs> Except for the one synopsis. I hated. Fuck that one. <laughs> that one gets like half a sentence because I just didn't give a shit. Um, the Melrose Place of Arlen is no more as Nancy and Redcorn call it quits after 14 years. Dale is determined to help Redcorn when he sees how upset he has become. Fantastic! Did you remember that this is the one where Dale and Redcorn started working together? Because uh, I did. I I didn't. That one. It it was man. Like I don't remember this episode, and it was kind of a cool little like because I know that it happens. But I thought this right. one happened. I thought this happened, and I know it does. Like a long way down the line, when he like they actually like sue the government, and he gets him like more land or something. But yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that this was this far back. This is a really cool moment. I think. Oh, absolutely! Hey, he has to mend that uh, that relationship like so much lamp on scalp. <laughs> I fucking love this episode. It was, it was I was su- surprised to see how much I enjoyed it after watching it because I, most Nancy centric episodes, even though they will almost always include Dale exclusively, are not my favorite because she is no. so hard to watch. I would rather watch Peggy than I would watch Nancy. Absolutely, oh. yeah. I'd rather watch Funfair, Peggy. And that is the most obnoxious you get. Um, so our A story characters, Dale, Nancy, and John Redcorn. Um, there really is no B story to this, unless no. you want to count the weird double dates. No, I, I don't want to. No, I didn't. I didn't think so either. Um, so let's get into some notes, man. Yeah, what do you got for me, buddy? Um, first one on here. Double dates are awful unless there's like a long-standing relationship. Have you ever gone like on a blind double date or a double date with a coworker that you're just like, I think I kind of like you maybe, and you you have a partner, and why why not? Let's try and hang out. Dude, they're super awkward. They're not fun uh, yeah. unless you've spent a decent amount of time with somebody and you can can like carry the conversation, or you can trust that they can help you carry the conversation and it not be weird. Then yeah. It's it's just so I've had a I've had a bunch so I've had a bunch of double dates where my wife and I will go out with a, you know a coworker or something else like that and I want to say about seventy five percent of them were not very successful I'm like I'm not gonna go back out and hang out with these people now that being said the twenty five percent that were successful have created like lifelong fucking friendships yeah. Which is super cool to think about. You know, I've got a buddy who lives uh, up in northern Colorado. I see him maybe once every two or three years. Jess and I were one of, like, I, 25 people at him and his wife's wedding. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, and, like, it was super, super cool. Very nice, intimate, all this stuff. They had it in the Black Forest. I'm like, oh, this is fucking beautiful. 
Um, and like I, I barely see this guy, and yet it, it's you know it's one of those relationships, kind of like what you and I've got, Mark, where. I, I could just not see you for a year, show up at your house, and literally everything is exactly the same as it always has been. You and I yeah. pick up right where we left off. Yeah, um, yeah. And before this double date, I'd never met his wife, and she is just that way as well with mine. And I'm like, okay, this is this is a really cool connection that we've got. But I hate the idea of a double date. I feel really bad for Nancy and for Hank because clearly <laughs> Peggy and Dale don't give a shit. They, they're enjoying themselves, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote in here as a note, I'm pretty sure this is the first time since season two that, that Nancy and her infidelity has become a plot device. They've done a pretty good job of like skirting this and not milking it too bad. I think I may know. Um, we did happy Thanksgiving and I bitched about how she was going to walk red corn to the terminal and they were just fucking in the SUV for like hours. And like, I, I got kind of irritated with that one. Um, and then um, Hank's cowboy movie, when, like, oh, she yeah. gets in the fight with uh, Peggy and she sits in the Bugabago, Redcorn shows up to heal her, wink, 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 wink. And, yeah, yeah, with her bathroom clown makeup, that's right. But, but, to be, but to your point, though, to be fair, like, yeah, it isn't a plot device, it's just part of it. Like, Redcorn right. shows up to smash Nancy, that's, that's about all that it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like like this is the first time since the Jahad Redcorn episode that we've had that is focused solely on this yes. infidelity. Yes. Um, and I, I got to give him props. Like that has got to be. It had to have been hard as a writer not to go. Well, let's just go for the juicy piece of steak that's sitting right here that no one has touched in two seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, good on you guys for having some fucking restraint. Um. If I haven't said it already in this podcast, I will say it and continue to say it throughout the duration of this podcast. Dale is too damn good for Nancy. Yes. Yes, he is. Like, way too damn good. And maybe I associate with him way too much. And Not that my wife is not worthy of this, but I treat my wife like Dale treats Nancy because I she, she deserves it. I like the feeling that we're still essentially dating and that I have to constantly woo her. It keeps things interesting for me. And damn, dude, I get a lot of reception out of it. My wife seems yeah. to really like me trying to date her still. So Aww. thank you for that, Dale. I appreciate you. Also, you should probably open your damn eyes because Nancy, while it's a total smoke show, is kind of a cunt. Wow, oh, I yeah. can't say that, can I? You can say it. Yeah, absolutely you can. <laughs> I'm more upset that you said smoke show, but yeah, whatever. I, by comparison, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you because Dale smokes, so it's fine. It's, it's all good. Don't worry about it. um let's see here oh we find out some interesting factoids about dale mark yes we now know as of this episode that dale is not only a member of the gun club but he is the president Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we also find out that he breeds show turtles officially find out that he breeds show turtles because we've seen his turtles before but we don't know why he's got them yeah he just has turtles in the basement yeah Yep. And Dale uses the internet as everyone should. The only accurate and real reason to use it. Researching unexplained phenomenana. (laughs) (laughs) We find out also, and this kind of threw me for a loop, because uh, I am three years younger than this, and you are two years younger than this. Redcorn is 36. That was crazy to me. I Yeah. Because I even remember that line, and I honestly thought this one came from the one where he starts dating Bill's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought that was the one who's like, I'm because th- I, I thought the line was something effective. I'm 43. I don't need this crap. But no, red court is 36. And like 36. Oh my god, I dude, I that was that weird for you? Because that really messed me up. Like it was. It was very <laughs> weird, especially because he's got a 14 year old. Yeah. That means so, Redcorn has been 22. getting down and he's been getting. He's got 13 year old, but he's been dating Nancy for 14 years. So yeah, yeah, he's been he's been with Nancy, an older woman, about almost 10 years older than him, right? No, five years older. Maybe. How old do you think Nancy is? I think she's around Dale, Hank, Peggy, all of them. So early 40s, because I think Hank's what 41 or 42. Yeah. So that would make her, you know. If around in like early 40s so sure. Fredcorn's 36 there's a five-year difference there give or take yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's a lot less impressive than i wanted to expect but at 22 i never could, would have imagined bagging a 28 year old 27 year old yeah i was also married at 22 so you know <laughs> there you go um that's what who's i think Oh, go ahead. He was 22. Anyway, sorry. Never never mind. (laughs) Um, Who was more confident in this episode, Mark? Dale or Peggy? Who was more what? Confident. This is, we get the the infamous Peggy line of, uh, oh, so Dale suggested we swing, meaning you get Nancy and I get Dale. Who's the clear winner here? Dale. Dale. (laughs) So you get Peggy's confidence there, and then you also get Dale and his confidence of, they were giving out medals for sexual gymnastics. I would have taken home the silver. <laughs> like, I don't know who's more confident, but it's it's silly to me that they, for two people that hate actively hate each other in this show, they are so similar. Now, as far as, since I, since I definitely did the, the love train chug-a-lug here for a second, I have one last, uh, uh, oh, what is, what's the, what's the phrase, turn of phrase I'm looking for here? Uh, one last bone to pick with you. One okay. last thing to, to get a rise out of you, Mark. Okay. Who is hotter, sundress, sundress Luann or short shorts Nancy? You already know the answer. You already <laughs> fucking know the answer. <laughs> That's don't my even, Sorry. Don't, poke don't the cite the deep magic to me, witch. I was there when it was written. It is Luann. It will be Luann. It has been <laughs> Luann. I do like short shorts, Nancy, though. I do, too. You know, we do. We get a lot of uh, cool um, costume changes in this episode. I think that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. It's something we don't see until usually later in the series. Like, there's a bunch later in the series when they don't have to do hand-drawn animation anymore. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this is pretty pretty gnarly. Well, we've talked before. We like, you know, we get all excited for when they do change, when they change their outfits and stuff. And, like, this is a great... They have, like... They have different. They have like a set of costume changes for this episode. It's kind of cool. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Um. Notes. Let's see. Number one. I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've seen that Samore. I think so. And we'll see it again later down the line when Connie and Bobby break up. But that hasn't happened yet. Um. There's a lot of good faces in this episode. There's a ton of solid facial expressions and reactions and like we. Or I, well, no, we, we talk a lot about how, like, we appreciate the fact that they're drawing these characters, like, as people. Like, we had the, like, the weird Nancy down blouse shot, like, yeah, um, like, we'll get, like, the weird movements out of some of the guys and stuff like that. But this episode is great for, great for facial reactions. Um, do you go to romantic restaurants? What's the last romantic restaurant you've been to, quote unquote? Because I don't know. I don't like. I don't know specifically if it's specifically romantic. 
Yeah, like, is that even a thing anymore? Or do <laughs> I live in the middle of buttfuck Colorado and we don't have it down here? You know what I mean? Like, maybe they're in Denver, but... No, you just live in Pigtown, man, because we've got them here. Do you? Okay. See, I just... Um, that was just a note. I didn't... What's the last one no, you went to, then? I, so, like, there are some some basic, like... Nice and romantic are, are two mutually exclusive things for me because I'll go to a, a bunch of nice restaurants around here. We've got a really good uh, Italian restaurant that we like to go to that's got like some bomb, bomb, uh, wow, I almost said quesadillas. Dude, my brain is not awake this morning. <laughs> Classic Italian cuisine, quesadillas. <laughs> no, what's that thing that Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec likes that everybody's calzones? Calzones. They got some bomb calzones. <laughs> Fucking Italian quesadillas, okay? It's pretty damn close. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Yeah. You know what? Fine. I'll give it to you. Second one of the episode. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, but then we got this, got this really decent Italian place that does really good Italian quesadillas. And um, it's not necessarily a super romantic place. Like you can get wine with your dinner. That's completely fine. But it's definitely more of a family establishment. But we have a legit steakhouse here where there's like booths and candles and they have like a dude that shows up and does pairings and shit with you and i'm like oh okay i have been there once in the six years i've lived over here because it's a fucking hundred dollars just for your food without a drink and i'm like mm, nope don't like meat that much not right now not with my broke ass <laughs> yeah i will take my ten dollar ribeye that i got on sale because it was about to fucking turn and i'll take that every night damn straight buddy you ain't buying that bargain meat. You're an idiot. It pretty much like it, it all cooks the same if you cook it that day. Um, but no, not like, yeah, I think it, it's honestly something that in, at least in small town America is going away. You know, people, at least people around here, they would much rather go to Denny's, Chili's or Applebee's. Yeah. Like they love their chains over here. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know the last romantic, quote-unquote, that I've been to. Interesting. But, I don't know, we went to this really fancy uh, restaurant in San Francisco, and, like, okay. I felt like a real piece of shit, because I didn't realize it was this fancy, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I rolled in wearing, like, a, a Shadow Over Innsmouth Weird Tales print shirt, like, it's just, it's got Fishman on the front of it, and the dude when we walked in looked at me, and I was like... Oh, I shouldn't be wearing a hat or this shirt. Give me Why one of your $15 old fashions. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't take uh, your lady to anywhere special when you guys were in Hawaii? No. I mean, we did. Like, we ate out places, but it wasn't like, let's find the most expensive fucking meal oh, okay. we can get. Like, It wasn't specifically, like, romantic. Okay. I, okay, but also like hot take here. I don't, I don't believe in romance. Okay, no, that's not it. That's not it. How do you say this out? <laughs> Make me sound like a bad partner. Um, you create your own atmosphere. Paying money to Fair. sit in a nice booth with low level lighting is bullshit. Like, and I think that you could maybe agree with me on this one. Like, it's it's the time you're spending with the person that matters, not the like the the the, the amount of money you're dumping into a thing. Like, oh, absolutely. Like oh, I know abs- that you and your wife like genuinely love each other, no matter what you guys are doing. No matter you guys love each other as much as if like you're eating, you know, your your fancy ass atsamore, or you're you know grilling her your markdown meat. Like it's just a, like. <laughs> 
I, so in case it's in the effort yesterday. that you make is where the romance comes from. I think is the point that I'm trying to round about to. Oh no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Case in point, my dinner last night was, uh, was a $10 ribeye that I managed to find on sale. And after I made it, I stripped down to my t-shirt and underwear and sat on my couch with my wife, eating my steak and watching major league, like a shitty baseball movie. I've seen a million times. And that was a perfectly romantic evening. We both enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, that's and that's <laughs> and that's and that's my thing is like because you even started with double dates. I'm like, shit, I don't remember the last double date that I've been on. But the four of us go out all the time together. Like, yeah, when, is every that time a date? I don't know because you and I are screaming it. King of the Hill quotes at each other, and <laughs> usually Jess yeah. and Amanda just kind of look at each other, rolling their eyes, but they roll their eyes with love because they get us. But you know, like. <laughs> Do you think they've got just like a like shell shock? At this point, dude, it's been ten years. Like you, you can't you can't stop it. We're a juggernaut of romance, goddammit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, we are getting sidetracked as shit right now. It's what, all right. What other notes you got, buddy? Uh, no, I love it though. Um, you already hit this one, but Gun Club. The last time we saw it was tangentially in how to in um Dogdale Afternoon when the Gun Club shows up to. Uh, Merc Dale and the Clock Tower, but then before that, how to fire a rifle without really trying. We actually saw the Gun Club. That's right. Um, damn it! I meant to make a joke about playing Russian Roulette, not that stupid um freezer bit that I started the episode with. And I'm sorry, Johnny. Um, <laughs> do you do we like Nancy? Do you like Nancy as a person? Because I'm still not sure. I don't think that this this episode shouldn't be redeeming per se, but like, man, she like flip-flop so fucking bad and then she's like i love dale no i love Redcorn." and for all intents and purposes this episode could have been a wash had dale not been there in Redcorn's trailer like yeah it without that weird side story it's not very she's still not very likable honestly i do like nancy but okay. it has taken like six full watches of this series for me to understand her complexity and for me not to hate her I, I think I like Nancy because we see her we're, we see you get to see her at some of her most human moments in this show. You like get to the see forest her fire very, one is great. You, well, you get to see her get yeah, the forest fire one is really good. She's very vulnerable in a lot of situations, and you get to see that it's very raw. Yeah. I'm thinking of of her uh, colossal and epic fuck up in Dallas and near the end of the series. And how you're just like, wow, this is a train wreck and I can't look away because I want to see you get your fucking comeuppets because I know that eventually you're going to be better for it. Yeah, I just, I wonder if we like Nancy at this point. I am indifferent to her. I think Nancy is to me now where Luann was when we started this show. Nancy is my new Luann, I think is my point. Okay. Um, yeah. I will say at this point, if you guys are watching this, this, this series like, First time, and you're watching along with us, and this is as much Nancy as you have seen, you're not going to like her yet. You're probably not going to like her until we get to the episode where they uh, make pigeons go tripping on, like, psychedelics, and Dale ends up being more than a catch for just one woman. And she starts to actively get jealous, and you realize, okay, uh, there's a lot more humanity for you here. I don't think, like, a first-time viewer is still going to like her at this point, even though she does do some redeeming shit in this last episode. Mm-hmm. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's good enough. Um, I think maybe this is our first time we've seen Banana Hammock Dale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, when they go into the hot tub, he's wearing his <gasps> mankini. 
Never mind. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what? No, because I bet you that Dale has a mankini that he wears like to like to to swim in, but he's not allowed to wear it when they go to the lake because Hank makes him put on trunks. <laughs> so Dale, yeah, I, I think this is like our first out. like canon. <laughs> yeah. I can see your whatnots, Dale. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Now I'm gonna have a Hank and Dale sex dream. Um. <laughs> hey Dale, I can see your doodle. <laughs> Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all, Hank. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Stupid, sexy gribble. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I got a new Twitter handle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, and finally, I am 80% sure we have a, the one that flew over the cuckoo's nest reference in this episode. Do we? When Redcorn goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, it just now, starts running. I gotta be 100% straight with you. I've never seen one who flew over the cuckoo's nest, but I've seen the episode where they're, of Simpsons where they're in the booby hatch and the Indian, the Indian dude takes the, wa- the drinking fountain and throws it out the window and runs away. And yes. I know that's a reference to that, so I'm taking this reference tangentially off that reference, but I'm like 80% sure because you got another Native American jumping out a window and running away. Um, I have never made that connection, but I have watched that movie all the time. Like, I watched it maybe three weeks ago because it's one of my all-time favorites. It's an Oscar winner. It's a Jack Nicholson, like, tour de force, and I like shit that has to deal with the mentally ill, and I haven't watched it since I started my master's program, so it's like... We're going to try and diagnose people. What does Christopher Lloyd have wrong with him? What does, uh, um, um, fuck, D- Danny DeVito have wrong with him? Like, yeah, oh, no, I love that fucking movie. So I, I've never thought of it that way. I've never noticed that, but you're probably right. I, I don't know. It was just a thought that I had when I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and then I've got another one, but I don't want to talk about it because that's in a, the conversation I don't want to have right now. <laughs> Who's better in bed? <laughs> Who do you think is better in bed? Dale or, or Redcorn? Nah, Dale or Hank. Dale. Really? Because Hank and Peggy have done things you can't even imagine. It's true, and I think. And Hank... Dale's only get and 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 Dale's only getting down twice a year versus Hank and Peggy, who we know at least smash every Tuesday. Uh, yeah, you know, I honestly, I think, I think Dale is is gonna be more adventurous. Hank is going to have consistency. He's going to like figure you out and figure out what buttons to push. And it's going to be good every time. But I think the element of surprise and suspense with Dale is what is going to make him the better lover. Okay. Okay. Th- this is a weird conversation, man. See, that's why I didn't want to have it. <laughs> um, let's talk about some pros. Um, I really like Peggy's reaction to Hank and, and how dangerous it is at work. Her, you could have been killed. Promise me you're never going to do that ever again. Like, it seems very genuine. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. Um, it's just, This is another one of those scenes where everybody is enraptured by Hank. Hank gets to be the storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy those. Um, I love Dale's, I get a free meal, and his little <laughs> dance that he does with it. Yep. I, I want to say that I've done that in real life. I don't remember when, but I was probably getting smacked afterwards. Um, is this the one and only time we see Dale's newsboy cap or does he bring that back I don't know we'll keep an eye out for it okay I just I noticed it I was like what the hell like 
I, it's not a beret. It's very clearly not a beret, which I almost would have expected from him because he likes Soldier of Fortune crap, and that's very much a like a weird gun for hire thing to wear. He's not going to cosplay as Boone from New Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, but it was just like, you're, you're literally wearing a paperboy hat, like a newsy hat. What the hell? Um, I also, like the last part I've got in here, I love the visual gag of Nancy and Dale. Like Dale is laying on her. They're both asleep. And she is just like in post-coital ecstasy. And then all of a sudden she just starts grabbing on Dale and realizing Oh God! Yeah, this is not red corn. She, I, the way I put it in here, she is groping Dale's track teen physique and gets disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, oh, it's so it's good visual storytelling without having to say anything. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I mean. Like there are a lot of good facial animations in this one. Yeah, that's that's really what I've got for prose. That I really I watched a lot of this episode. I didn't take a lot of notes. Yeah. Yeah. I, How about your pros? It's a good buddy? episode. Yeah. Um, pros. Uh, dinner for four face. I really thought that was funny. And then I like, <laughs> I like Hank having to like, <laughs> tell the guys no, I'm not taking you. I kind of want to see the like cutaway scene though of Hank and the guys going to that samore. Like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's all right. Um, yeah, pro, I get a free meal dance. Um, <laughs> this is a weird Dale is good at something episode. Dale has these weird little skill sets that we don't. It's just weird shit. Like, um, and I have the note of him and Nancy dancing, but then Dale is an amazing roller skater. Like, yeah, yeah. But then like too, like, you know, he speaks Russian. He can drive a tank. Um, Peggy is stronger than Hank. Don't know why that's a thing, but I wrote Peggy's stronger than Hank's for some reason, and I thought it was a pro. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll remember and cycle back to it, but also pro, Peggy hates Woody Allen. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, are you talking about the, the paddle boats? Yes, 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 the paddle feet. boats. And she's like, Hank's trying to backpedal. And Peggy just like effortlessly like does it. It's like I love I love that Peggy is like a closet She Hulk. Like I love that so much. <laughs> we don't see it often, but like she can you know one punch some beef ribs. She can like the only time we see Peggy not be weirdly ripped to shit is in um a firefighting we will go when she pulls her groin lifting Bobby. It's true. Like I really the lifting appreciate technique is Peggy's terrible, power. However. What's that? Her lifting technique is terrible, that's why. This is also true. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for pros. How about some cons, buddy? Um, so I get, I get that it's showing the, the new budding relationship between Dale and Nancy, but the whole idea of them going, I didn't know you were president, and uh, I didn't know you watched Channel 87, like, that does not track to me. Like, you motherfuckers live with each other. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, but they don't like Dale lives in the think hole. Like he has that line about like, I forgot how soft your bed is. It's, I mean, it's true, but I don't know. To me, it seemed a lot more as a used as a literary device or some sort of framing device to go, Oh, that's right. You guys really just don't do anything. So this may as well just be a first date or a second date, you know, even though you've lived together for 14 years. So I, that it bugged me, like not too much, but eh. um, 
in the scene where that I was just talking about where um, Nancy is groping Dale's track teen physique, <laughs> Dale is wearing his red thong. Yes. He is wearing he gets out of bed wearing it. As they're panning up to the bed as that scene starts, he also has a white cod piece on the ground. So I have to believe that for some reason Dale is wearing two. And it weirds me out a little bit. Maybe he's a clockwork orange enthusiast. Uh, Maybe. Next time you're watching, (laughs) keep your eyes out, keep your eyes peeled, and tell me what you think. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out, yeah. Really, I think it's an animation gaffe, which is okay. You know, like I definitely don't need to see see any more of Dale's ass when he gets out of bed. So that one nice little red line that you gave me was plenty. Um, and then the other one here at the very end, when Nancy shows up to Redcorn's place and Dale is already there, he's getting massaged, he's helping out Redcorn with his FOIA stuff and all that. Yeah. And and all that. How does Dale get to John Redcorn's house? She should see the Bugabago, right? Like yes. That's what I wrote. Like, how does she not see that? And I say that because I don't know. She must have her own car, right? Because she's obviously not taking the Bugabago to go to work at the at the news station. Yeah, we've talked about this. There's like a weird like missing gribble vehicle. Cause like, no, she does because that's how they. That's how Dale gets down to Mexico. Okay. And then and because in three days of the condo, Dale drives Nancy's car down because he doesn't drive the Bugabago down. Yeah. Right. So clearly, she took her own car to go and do paddle boats, to go do the swan boats. Meaning Dale, the only car he had left, unless Redcorn came to pick him up, which doesn't seem like it's a thing, mm-hmm. would have the Bugabago. Meaning, how in the hell did she not see the Bugabago? Why is she yeah. surprised that Dale is there? Yeah. So, I, I, I felt that like as a little continuity error. I was like, I, I had this oh shit moment watching this yesterday. I was like, oh, I think I got you guys. And then my wife told yep. me to calm down. She's like, it's not that big of a deal. Calm down. <laughs> this episode is 22 years old in a week. Like, we're recording this yeah. on April 18th. Like, you said yeah. it dropped April 30th night or 2000. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's what I've got for cons, man. What do you got? Um, I got a lot of cons, but like, in no, and most of them are not against this episode. It's just some general notes. Number one, I there is no fucking force on heaven or earth that could make me think that Dale is strong enough to dip Nancy. There's you can't okay. do it. There's no way. Like Peggy or, or, or Hank could dip Peggy. Bill could dip any woman he's dancing with. Boomhauer probably can dip anybody. But Dale is not strong enough to dip what I can only assume is about 120 pounds of Nan Nan. That's just not going to happen. Um, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it in TV shows when people dial five numbers in a phone and it rings that you have had to dial 10 numbers on a fucking phone for the, since like what, 1940, when we got more than 20 people that own phones, like, right. like after we went from switchboards into like, you know, actually pushing buttons and stuff, I, it just drives me nuts. Like Nancy picks up the phone and dials five little numbers and it, that drives me insane. That's just a note for television in general. Just... I get it. You, you, you're saving time. It's a thing, whatever. But for Christ's sake, you dial three numbers. But then people will call it out sometimes. Like, you only dialed four numbers. You know, like, if you're trying mm-hmm. to fake a phone call. And it's like, you only dialed four numbers. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I guess I should have done one more and it would have connected. Um, Dale smoking pre-sex with Nancy. That's gross. Dale is gross in general. And I just, I kind of feel bad for Nancy. And you kind of get a little bit of like, 
Red Corn is taut. He is he is jacked as shit. Like he doesn't smoke. He's got like long, thick ass, black, beautiful native hair. Dale is wiry. He is smoky. I bet he reeks of <laughs> bo. Because, like, he just wears a jumpsuit all the time. Like, Dale's gross in general, and I kind of feel bad for Nancy. And Khan, this episode made me feel bad for Nancy. Um, Johnny, animation note for you, because you had Dale's uh, codpiece. How is that jumpsuit in their bedroom? He's wearing a suit when they go to dinner, and then they go home yep. and have sex, and he gets up in the morning and puts on the jumpsuit. Dale yep. doesn't have clothes in Nancy's bedroom. Like... I don't, I don't, but he just like picks it up off the floor like it was there. I don't know. Um, Con Woody Allen. That's all I've got. Just Con Woody Allen. Uh, and that's all I've got. He married his daughter, Mark. I know. I, I hate Woody Allen. He's also not enjoyable. Like, whatever. That's this, this ain't dangle Woody Allen cast, but <laughs> you know, I, I really like those Woodsy Allen movies, except for that nervous fella who's always in them. <laughs> Um, Is that our third fucking Flanders reference this episode? It really might be. Guys, we really <laughs> like Ned Flanders. Just like geese love ganders. But everyone um, else loves Ned Flanders. I mean, not me. Not but... me. <laughs> everyone that counts loves Ned Flanders. Okay. Okay. We're, we're bad to die. I, <laughs> I love it when you and I get this fucking squirrely for no reason. Like... <laughs> I I don't even know why. It's not like I've I've gone a month without talking to you. That's not even the thing. Oh. <laughs> well, because we went from last week where we recorded a fucking two and a half hour long podcast three times to not talking all week long, and yeah, now we just miss each other. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I don't have any retro rage for this, Mark. I probably okay. should. I probably should have looked a little bit closer, but I didn't. Honestly, we can just say p- punching numbers into a fucking phone. Yeah. Um, but we can get to favorite moments, and I really I've only got about one in here. Like I like the episode as a whole, but only one epi- or one moment stuck out to me, and it's not a Dale moment. Okay. Would you like to dance? Oh, no thanks. I'm on my feet all day. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, is weird because we see Hank and Peggy dance a lot too. Like we know yes. that Peggy's really good at dancing, and I'm sure that Hank by proxy is too. Oh, absolutely. I just, I love it when Hank unintentionally takes the piss out of Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, man? You got a favorite moment in here? Um, yeah, it's, I've only got one of them, but it's, um, Boomhauer when, and I forget the setup to the line, but somebody goes, so, or Dale goes, guess who just had sex with his wife? And Boomhauer <laughs> turns around and looks at Hank and goes, Dangle, grab a little afternoon like that. And I thought it was great. I thought that, I don't know why, but I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, this is what? a really good episode. Like, yeah. Um. Well, Mark, before we rate this bad boy, you want to tell everybody about our rating set? Because I think we're there. All right, here we go. Rating system. Oh, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. Nah, I don't have anything cute this time. Yeah, I do. I got a cute one. No, I don't. Never mind. Rating system. It goes like this, Johnny. At the very, very bottom is Charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It is a failure of a television show. It is a piece of crap episode that you're only going to watch the one time that you watch it, get a super bad taste in your mouth over it, and then never want to do it again. After that comes Megalo. It's like a bronze. It's like a shiny turd in the punch bowl. It's still a turd, but it's a little bit better. Above that is uh, Butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode because it's not 
bad, but it's also not that good. You got some fun moments in there. They'll make you laugh. You might take a couple, like, pull quotes from it, but, yeah, whatever. You, you'll watch it, but you're not going to pay attention. You're going to be like, you know, looking up Rule 34 Luan or whatever while it's going on in the background. <laughs> um, above that is uh, Charking. Charking is a really, really great episode of King of the Hill. It's probably one of the best episodes of King of the Hill and there's really no downsides to it. It's just a damn good episode. And above that, oh, and if you and I come together and give it, if we both give it a Char King, then it automatically becomes a Char King Imperial. And then finally above that, at the very, very top, the best of the best is our Blue Flame of Valor. This is a fantastic episode of King of the Hill. This is a fa fantastic episode of television. We... Man, we kind of got real liberal there with Blue Flames, but I think, like you're saying, this might they might kind of start getting real few and far between. The only thing that can, like, has to cement a Blue Flame, though, is you can show this episode of King of the Hill to anybody at all with zero context, and they will love it. I'm looking at you, a firefighting we will go. Everybody knows that damn episode, even if they don't like King of the Hill. And it's, it's a fantastic episode. So, Johnny, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what are you giving Nancy Boys? Uh, so I gave Nancy Boys a Char King. I, okay. <clears throat> I found this episode very sweet. I felt it offered a lot of growth and resolution for characters we haven't gotten to see too, too often, at least not lately. Um, they brought back a pretty troublesome storyline that is – you know, even for the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, where we were starting to get pretty risque on TV, like, nobody openly acknowledged shit like this in, in what, what would be seen as almost family animation. And yeah. for them to, to tackle this and to make the the wholesome decision, but not do it in such a, like, a extra special episode kind of way, I think is really smart. Like it's mm -hmm. it's really good writing. It made for really good watching. Um, I I think this is the moment where I started to turn in favor of Nancy. And honestly, like I like I was saying earlier in the episode, before too long, you you get to see and experience more emotions with her, and you you flesh her out more as an, an actual human and not just some big haired bimbo that happens to be dating the the neighborhood kook, um, mm -hmm. like really it, it adds a lot of this um I, if i'm skipping forward way 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 forward into the future there is something to be said about where this episode's resolution is and how the very end of the series is the last shot we get to see of dale and dancy where he is massaging her mm -hmm. like it adds a, an element of power to it they make it a point to say this was the turning point and i really appreciate that so uh, I gave it a Char King, man. Sorry, that was that was a lot. I don't normally go go off on a tangent. Not at all. Not at all, buddy. It's it's so. Good. I had a lot more to say about this episode than I thought, and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. That's where I was. I liked this one a whole lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same. It's a Char King. This is a great episode. Like, goddamn, this is a good episode. My only like, <laughs> the only thing that hangs me up is like, I don't like how just wishy washy and irredeemable Nancy is. Like. Okay. She, she would have gone back to Redcorn had Dale not been in that trailer. Like, I, I don't, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause I kind of also understand her, like the heart wants what it wants. And she is like having a hard time processing this shit and she can't go talk to Peggy about it. Like we see her do it. 
Oh, also favorite moment. Um, I had sex with Dale. Oh my God, we forgot his birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a charking. So Imperial out of both of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump over to our next one. I was gonna try and come up with a pun for like flushing, but I can't. So whatever, Johnny. Our next episode. What do we got, buddy? Our next episode is episode 82, Flush with Power. We have an original air date, May 7th, 2000. This is written by Alex Gregory and Peter Yuk. I think that's how you say his name. It's H-U-Y-C-K. Doesn't say what else he wrote. It just says he wrote 10 episodes. Yuk. There you go. Y'all get to be entertained. Um, and it doesn't say anything about Alex Gregory's stuff in the wiki either. So okay. uh, I'll probably have to do some digging. I think this is the first one. I don't recognize the names Gregory or Hyuk, so we'll see. Okay. Um, our cast of characters, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Khan, Supanus, and Pone. And then we have the utility board members, Nate Hashaway, Ed Burnett, Violet Wilson, Earl Pateschke, Fritz Kushak, and then a cameo by the meter reader, JJ. The buffest meter maid of all time. I, I literally wrote in here, and I'm totally going to ruin this note, uh, that JJ looks like Diedrich Bader. Dude, you and I are in the same fucking wavelength. Oh my god, that's one of my cons. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, All right, you ready for my synopsis here, Mark? Hell yeah, buddy. Arlen is under siege from drought-like conditions and a newfound water conservation law that... Or, and a newfound water conservation law that incites Hank to follow a conspiracy leading all the way to the utility board. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, So, I've got... I put everything into an A story here, and I say that because Bobby's story is it's subplot A because it mashes back into A. Absolutely. So I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's a tried and true B story. But our main characters, Hank, Bobby, Hashaway, we've got some some hangups. Um, there's a couple that, that pop in and out. Uh, and specifically, I'm thinking of Dale and his electric fence. Um, let's get into some notes. What notes you got for me, buddy? I have staggering as many notes as I took for Nancy boys. I took that few for this one. So number Ooh. one, why is JJ so huge? It's just weird to me. I don't know why. And I honestly think the only reason is because Khan gets to make that steroid joke. I think that's the only reason they <laughs> drew him huge. Like, do you get more steroids or hair plugs? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. You ready for our second uncomfortable conversation of the night, Johnny? I kind of am. Who do you think shits more, Peggy or Bill? Oh, no. <laughs> I have never... I have, well, So, uh, obviously, it's Bill, but I have never, ever even considered in, in this episode. And also, shame on you writers. You don't know your, your characters very well. I have never considered what Bill's house would be like with one of those low-flow toilets. No, not shame on them, because that, that low-hanging fruit is too low to pick. Like... <laughs> that fruit is like dragging on the ground. Like <laughs> <laughs> fucking monkeys are going to pick that fruit up. It's been, you know, de- uh, rotting in the sunlight and they're going to eat it and get shit housed on it. That's how low that fruit is hanging. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. But it's very clearly bill. I don't know, dude. Like 
I feel really bad for Peggy in this episode because goddamn they are just savage to her. (laughs) Well, they have that bit in the city hall meeting and the woman goes and it's like the women's room is broken and they cut to Peggy's face looking (laughs) embarrassed. Like they're watching TV and Hank is like mentally counting the flushes. Bobby calls her out on it like. All I, I mean, can imagine is that Peggy is dropping these monstrous fucking logs. Like, well, practically all she eats is protein. At one point, they talk about uh, how many how many cows they actually eat in their household an entire year, and yeah. we've had an entire episode all about how much beef that Hank eats that that like blocks up his colon so bad. So if that's all she is getting to eat is just like, okay, you're eating steak or burgers or or roast or you know literally just beef for every meal yeah, yeah. you're gonna have some some pretty epic shits yeah but yeah no i i always i always love the oh don't bother it's broken and then that quick cut to peggy's face I, i'm yeah. astounded they didn't animate her getting a little flushed yeah i, I <laughs> a little flush um Boo. <laughs> Boy, that was even lower hanging. Um, I kind of like Bobby's little subprime A. It's it's pretty alright. I think it's kind of cute. I do. I do. Yeah. It reminds us that Bobby is a character and he is used well in this. This is He's a good example well. of like yes. of like Bobby's in maybe 30 seconds of this whole episode, but it's important. All 30 seconds are important. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and I don't want to talk about filibustering. So, yeah, that's all my notes. How about you, buddy? <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to get into some some cons here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I have a question in here. Why does Dale want his fence other than just wanting it? Do you think it's just a, I want this because I think it would be badass to have an electrified fence around my house? Like, do you think it's just going to up the security of the gribble perimeter? I really do. I think it's just Dale saw it somewhere and thought it was cool. I bet he read in Soldier of Fortune about how, like, I held off a thousand Colombian gorillas with my, you know, electric fence and shotgun. And, like, he's like, I need that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we find out in this episode that uh, Hank made it all the way to Eagle Scout. Yes. And, Mark, do you know what how rare that is? Yeah, I know it's really tough to do. Um, I am looking right here. So, in 2019, 61,000 scouts earned the Eagle Scout rank. Um, 8% total of all scouts of the Boy Scouts of America earn Eagle. Jesus Christ. So you have less than a 1 in 10 chance of getting your Eagle. I've known like three of them. One of them used to actually either live with you or live around you. Was it? Did he? Yeah. Well, shit. You can put you can put that out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And uh, there is one thing that I've noticed because one of my oldest, longest friends, his buddy, my buddy named Mike, he was uh, in the Marines and all that stuff. He is also an Eagle Scout. I met him through Scouts. His dad was my Scout Master. Uh, okay. One thing I have noticed about every Eagle Scout ever that anyone has actually obtained it, they are weird fucking people. Yes. Like there are. is just there is just like two or three levels off. Now I love the kid to death. Uh, the guy to death. He's not a kid. He's fucking 6 <laughs> months older than me. Um No, I absolutely love him to death and there's a reason that he and I've been friends since the second grade. 
but they're just fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Just a little weird. Um, yeah, so... Oh, jeez, I lost my spot here. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Hank is an Eagle Scout, especially because we also talked about Order of the Straight Arrow. So yeah. I assumed that that was their, like, uh, bargain basement Kirkland signature scouts. Yeah, they're, like, parallel import, yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um, and then the last one I've got here is something that you and I can talk about just uh, just briefly because otherwise you and I are going to turn this into a whole big environmental thing. And then when we start talking about politics, it's just going to make us more and more angry. And you and I have another episode to record today. And I don't really want to get that angry before them. Because <laughs> I already fucking hate one of the next two episodes we're doing. Um, drought sucks ass. Yes, it does. And if you want to ask anybody about drought, ask anyone who has lived in our region of America in the last 20 years. Like, basically... You and I live in a very beautiful, beautiful state, and we have watched it transform in the last 20 years from where you and I used to see things like snow and rain occasionally, and now we're lucky if we see uh, a rainstorm twice a year. We're lucky if we see snow three times a year where it actually counts, like where it sticks longer than 20 minutes on the ground. Um, And not only do, do we barely see any of this, but because we're in the middle of the Rockies, all of our water gets to flow down to all of these other stupid inhabited desert places that God should just be spiting people that are living there. Like Arizona and California and Nevada. Like all of these places that have absolutely no water management and shouldn't be inhabited. They're just continuing to develop. And all of our water here in Colorado is getting shipped down to them. Oh, dude, Big Thompson Project is a fucking fiasco and needs to be struck down. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. I, it's really, it's rough. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I saw some pictures that, I mean, they're very disturbing, but it's all about the levels of Lake Powell and how much Lake Powell has dipped. Mm-hmm. And Lake Powell is fed by by the Colorado River. And it was intentionally dammed up so that they could have all this extra power and shit and they could run the Hoover Dam and all this and that. All that stuff. And it is just, it has continued to dip. And it's because absolutely nobody gives a shit where they develop anymore. They go, oh, yep, there's land here. I don't care that it hasn't fucking rained in this spot in 30 years. But we're going to, we're going to build a $500,000 McMansion and have uh, three acres of tended lawn. And you're going to be able to claim all the water rights for this from somebody that is a thousand miles to the east of you. Yeah. I, if, I get really frustrated. Sorry. If you want to get super pissed off, look into the uh, wonderful pistachio people, the Resnicks. Oh. Um, they're based out of California. And just, okay, next time you go to the store, Johnny, look for the wonderful pistachio displays because there's going to be a couple thousand of them. Um, okay. It takes one gallon of water to produce a single pistachio nut. A single fucking nut. Just one nut takes one gallon of water to make. And then go look at the bins full of these motherfuckers. I did the math one day, and it's something like a billion. Because, uh, sorry, I'm getting stuttered because I'm so upset. We have we get sent fucking bins of these things. Like corporate just sends us bins of pistachios. Like yeah, and it's like on the magnitude of like billions of gallons of water just in this little four by four display area. It's it's disgusting, dude. Like yeah. Oh god, it's it's terrible. Like. And, you know, my heart does go out to people in California, like, 
it, kind it wasn't of always way that way that for that. I feel kind of bad for people that live in Tornado Alley and their trailers keep getting destroyed every year. But maybe don't fucking live in Tornado Alley. Maybe don't fucking live in L.A. Maybe let God purge it with fire like he's been trying to do for the last, like, I don't know, 80 years. Like, just let it happen, yeah. dude. Like, well, turn the entire thing into a fucking bad. solar farm and call it good. I, yeah. I don't know. No, like, California wasn't always bad. You know, they've got their own mountains and everything else. And I've been to the Redwoods, and I've seen Yosemite. There is a lot of stuff there. Mountains attract a lot of clouds. Clouds attract a lot of snow and rain. And California used to not be so damn bad. But, like, us as humans have fucked up the natural order of things so that it is it is basically just getting barren out there. And the only way that they can survive, and there's hundreds of millions of people to the west of me. And the only way they can all survive is through the water that comes to my state. And I get it. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know what, guys? Maybe there are just some things that are not meant to be developed. Maybe you just need to not, you know, rape the land for every absolute resource that you can. Maybe we should stop and understand that there's a limit to how much water we're ever going to have. And when it's gone, it's gone. And so maybe we should pay attention and either figure out how to desalinate on a larger scale and make things Mm -hmm. a lot more usable or figure out better ways to not fuck our ecosystem so that we can actually start doing things like hydro seeding again. Yeah. So uh, this is my end of my rant. Um, Oh, no, I'm with you, bud. This this episode pisses me off. Like, I genuinely feel for Hank. I do because – He's not asking for much and he's being responsible about it. Like, I'm not asking for more of the pie. I'm just saying what I enjoy is my lawn and I'm willing to, you know, hold it in and take one less shit a week if I don't have to flush and take a 30 second shower if it means that I can have a green lawn. And he gets fucked because people like Khan take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, never thought I would hate Khan, but I kind of hate Khan in this episode. Man, I used to live in Palmer Lake and... In the early thousands, like, there was a really, really severe water restriction going on. And our neighbor would water his lawn for, like, an hour every single day. And, like, we ended up, like, my mom kind of, like, you know, backdoored and called the cops on him. And the dude got, like, arrested and fined, like, $10,000 or something in, like, 2000s money. It was, like... Wow. It was kind of beautiful to see. Yeah, like... No, but I, I hate the vanity of humanity, dude. Like, it pisses me off to no fucking end. Like... Yeah. Oh, anyway, moving on. Sorry. No, we're good. Um, let's get into our, our mins and cons or pros and cons, if you will. Um, I won't. Well, I don't like pros. that. But yes, I will give you some pros. Because min is not better than con and con is not intrinsically evil. I don't know. Let, Whatever. Let's, we can cut that. Let's let's go to pros and cons, Mark. <laughs> Do let's. Um, sorry. Um. Um, I really like the way that Bobby uh, works over Khan. I think that's hilarious. It's boy, <laughs> we don't. We are like, on the same level. Bobby's buddy. a clever kid, and I like it when we see Bobby be a clever kid. I, I really yes. enjoy that. Um, that's also, my same first note, by the way. God damn, we're on a fucking we're on a page today, buddy. Um, yes. I really like how Hank just Deus exes onto the board. <laughs> yeah. That that like, is a fun like fun thing where you think you're gonna get set up for five to five to six minutes of Hank like trying to go out and campaign like you know he's going to get it you get to see him be Mister Politician and all of a sudden you just they just no sell it and go oh by the way you're on the board there's been an empty seat for like four years yeah I really really like that 
<laughs> I also um follow up to that is Peggy saying she'll vote for him if he if she agrees with his platform or whatever. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, yep. It's like good for you, Peggy. Stick to your guns. Like don't <laughs> don't just endorse your husband because he's your husband. I like that. Um. Oh, Hank throwing Peggy under the bus at the meeting and then the stenographer's case. And he's like, in the case of my wife, Peggy Hill, it takes six flushes. And then the stenographer stops and, like, looks <laughs> yeah. at Peggy. This is, again, again, they're just nasty to Peggy. Like, Dude, he does, he does her so dirty. It's in my cons, but it's it makes me chuckle. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a con. I really like it. Like... We're so mean to Bill. We're so mean to to Dale. Let's be real mean to Peggy this episode. I think it's great. Like, and, But it's also like Hank is not intentionally being mean. He is citing anecdotal evidence. Like shit that he has witnessed firsthand. He's citing this evidence for it. And he's like, no, man. My wife shits so much it takes her six flushes to get it down. I, just, I think it's great. <laughs> um... I like, um, I, I figured out where they blew their animation budget. It's when they animated Nate Hashaway's hair comb over, like, blowing around in the wind. Yeah. I really like that little bit. Guys, look, as a man who I now understand is balding, or not balding, but, like, I think I'm losing my hair because of, I'm so fucking stressed, but, like, I'm gonna shave my head in, like, a week, I think. Don't hide it. You can't hide it. Just don't do it, guys. Like, just embrace it. You don't have hair. It's okay. Comb-overs make you look stupid. The world is laughing at you, Donald Trump, you dumpy piece of man trash. Anyway, um, finally, I also 100% believe that Peggy carries her musings around with her at any given second. <laughs> I think that's hilarious, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's I what love, I got. How about you, buddy? I, it, on the subject of her musings, I absolutely love that she... It just tickles her to hear her own musings. <laughs> but you know what? I can't falter. I listen to this. I listen to Two Wizards. I laugh at the jokes that I make. I laugh at the jokes that you make. Like, I get it, man. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. For pros, um, we already talked about Diedrich Bader. We already talked about Bobby using extortion. Um... I like Peggy's smug reaction to Bobby saying, you could run for mayor. And she thinks that, that he's talking to her. And she just has this, yes. Why, yes, I could. Thank you, son. And then immediately gets shit on. Um, and the, the, the pros in this, and the one thing that I feel like it points out really well, and it's a precursor to a, a show that I've been binging again for like the 900th time. Um, this points out, just like Parks and Rec does, that local democracy is a fucking joke. Yes. Like, I understand that, that at the basis level, this is where our politicians start. If you want to make changes in your community, if you really want to see that stuff, this is what you have to get involved in. But you know what? If you're not part of the, like, three or four founding families of whatever t town, city you're in, then it doesn't matter how ambitious you are. Chances are that these people are probably just going to be like, eh, you know what? We may go with this for a little while, but if, uh, you know... Uh, Johnny Montrose and Captain Alamosa don't fucking like it, then it's going to be gone in two years when you're gone anyway. Mm -hmm. We're just going to revert back to this shit. And that's the way the world works. If you have any sort of clout or money, you get to rule the world over everybody else. Yeah. 
It's also, so, I, I love how it's just like local government. No, no, no. It's already corrupt. Never mind. Get off it. Like, we can't have good yeah. politicians. They, yeah. they don't exist. I know that it's not just an American thing, but damn, does it feel very American right now for them to go, yeah, we understand and recognize that Hashaway is making money off of this deal. We don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most conservative Republican thing I have heard in a very long time. And this is from 22 years ago. Almost like nothing ever changes. Yeah. yeah. So, I fucking hate the government. Uh, I'm going to get into cons, man. Do it up, buddy. So, you already, <laughs> you already called uh, Hank, Colin, Peggy out for needing six flushes. And it's only a con because I'm like... Hank, you need to be smarter than that. You don't let her, like, you can't even talk about toilet stuff in your own house without getting, like, weird and and embarrassed. So why are you just, like, name-dropping her in the middle of a public forum? It's kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Hank talks about, he brings back uh, a callback from season one. He talks about how his grass is Raleigh St. Augustine. Yep. Raleigh St. Augustine is insanely hard to grow in a dry climate. So if they're experiencing drought, there is no way in hell it is going to survive at all. Like, okay. not even a little bit. Our, from where we're at, even with our groundwater here in Colorado, we could not grow Raleigh St. Augustine because we, are not, we don't have enough um, humidity here. I've, yeah. I've legitimately looked into this. When I bought my house, I wanted to be Hank Hill. I wanted to see how expensive it was to put Raleigh St. Augustine here. And they basically t- laughed at me and said, you're not going to want to do it. It'll last for two weeks and then it will die because you don't have enough humidity. Hmm. So um, I, I feel for Hank, but Raleigh St. Augustine is pretty rough in Texas in general. I don't know how in the hell he would try and grow it in the summertime when it's just like obnoxious, 110, 111, and if it gets one degree hotter, I'm kicking your ass. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, it's, I'm getting I'm getting all nostalgic for season one today, apparently. You're good, buddy. It's like, dude, no, nah, this is like, this. no, we, we should be here. I'm glad that we can be here. I'm glad that we can, like, reference season... You, dude, you and I are like developing a stupid encyclopedic knowledge of King of the Hill that I already <laughs> thought was encyclopedic to begin with, but like we are doubling down on like. It's getting how- so much worse. <laughs> and by worse, I mean better. By better, I mean worse. Um, it's making last- us a lot less fun to be around as people, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I I, com- I compact it all into when I record with you during the week and when I'm watching my episodes. Other than that, I try and stay away from most of it. I do wear my my uh, Strickland hat around everywhere though, and I've gotten lots of comments on it. Um, <laughs> so yeah. the last the last con I have here is it just and you and I just touched on this. It reminds me of just how screwed up government is and how things like the filibuster need to go away. Yes. Like, it's used in a positive light here, but it's like one example in in the millions of examples of filibusters. It's like the only one that's used well. Everybody uses a filibuster just to be a piece of shit. You know, I thought that I had that thought too, and then I had this. You know, we talk or we will talk a lot soon to come about like how much Parks and Rec mirrors this show. Yeah, and like I want to say like the evolution of Andy from being like. A, a fuck up to like a children's star like you know ex john redcorn being yeah. a weirdo into like a children's music star or like and i mean like no shit dude because it's the same producer like it's norm Hiscock on both of them but there's that episode of parks and rec where leslie filibusters 
And like, yeah. that's an okay episode, but I'm with you. Like, I don't, it's like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, gave us his weird fucking boner for filibustering. And then we didn't understand how to do it right. Like we just decided that the more you can talk to yourself, well, that makes your point more correct. And it's kind of fucked up. It's it really, really fucked is. up, really. Like, it really is. And we keep trying to get rid of it, and yet everybody seems to think that, oh, if we get rid of this, then, you know, every time one one side has more control than the other, then we're never going to be able to get our say in. And it's like, that's the fucking point. You're not here to get your point in. You're here to represent the people who elected you. Okay? Yeah. If they elected more people on one side than the other, then that side gets to fucking talk. Yeah. So, I sorry, I get real... I, I'm I'm so beyond excited to go and live somewhere that's not America for a while and just experience what politics are like somewhere else and just hope and pray that the vitriol that I feel eventually goes away because it's rough. Anyway, give me some of your cons, buddy, because I definitely steamrolled you from my pros into my cons and then just skipped over you. Oh, wow. Johnny's the angry one for a change. How terrible. <laughs> Not at all, buddy. I, I love it when you get horned up. It's it's great. Like it may it's good radio, god damn it. Number one, primary con. I cannot fit into my bathtub and I fucking love taking baths. I love baths. And I can't fit yes. into my tiny stupid bathtub. Uh second con. Why the hell didn't Diedrich Vader <clears throat> Why the hell didn't Diedrich Bader voice JJ? I don't know. It would have been perfect. Probably couldn't afford him. He's already been on the show before. Like, it'd be great. And also, dude, uh, JJ is just his Rex Quando character from Napoleon Dynamite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Colin, there is a better version of this episode that exists in American Dad, and it's the Roy Rogers McFreely one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a better episode of TV, I'm sorry to say. Um, um, <laughs> Um, con Henry Kissinger said that power is the Ultraman aphrodisiac. Henry Kissinger is a piece of shit. I'm just calling it out because Henry Kissinger is a piece of shit. He's also still alive, surprisingly. Yeah, I know. We all need to know what a piece of shit this man is. And you talk about politicians. And like, okay, so just real quick, fucking Kissinger extended the Vietnam War. He could have, we could have stopped this shit, but he extended it to get Dick Nixon elected. Like, it, yeah. oh God, he's such a piece of fucking oh i can't even talk about what like he's such a bad dude like con henry kissinger um con <laughs> he joins andy dick he joins andy dick in our realm of people that just don't get mentioned on this podcast i would rather spend a i would spend a week with andy dick over fucking kissinger like god i oh just like i would watch the andy dick show on repeat with andy dick while andy dick gets high next to me and explains the show to me more than I would hang out with Kissinger for a fucking afternoon. Um, final con, and this is my most glaring con, because it involves con. We don't see him slip and sliding. Yeah. I want to see con slip and slide so bad. And he talks about, like, he talks about it. I want to see him do it. I don't know. It bums me out we don't get to see it. Um, favorite moments? Favorite moments. Variant schmariants, pudding and pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just, Dale and his weird, like, half rhyme scheme bullshit that he comes up with at least three or four times a season always kills me. Always. Um, I also love that he always does the 
something something schmumping something. Like, yeah. What, what was the last time he did that? Uh, mask schmask. Or no, he hasn't done that one yet, but I always think of that. Um, that's the Dale Tech episode. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Mark, I've got a good one. Okay. And it, it, it's it's definitely uh, a little bit of an inside joke between the two of us. Can I call it? Because I think I know what it is. I think you do. Uh, it's also a Dale. <laughs> is it? Please fence <laughs> me in. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I almost listeners... called you when I watched that. <laughs> it's in bold like large print right here is favorite moment. Listeners, what you guys are failing to understand why this is so special is there was a time not too long ago in the distant past uh, that Mark and I actually lived together and we watched this together very frequently. And at some point, he and I in a drunken haze decided that we were going to start singing the song Don't Fence Me In because that's just what was happening. But we sang it as Khan Supanusampone. So it has been an inside joke between the two of us to just go, don't fence me in every time we see each other. <laughs> so the sheer fact that not only is uh, is this song canonically in King of the Hill, but it's sung by one of our favorite characters. It just, it tickles our funny bones. And listeners, if you're not privy to, you know, country music from a hundred fucking years ago, go listen to Don't Fence Me In. It's a pretty all right song. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's better than some of the ones we're going to hear. You calm down. You are getting actively mad. You've been mad at this fucking episode. You've been mad at Fanfare for this entire episode. <laughs> Fanfare is not the one I'm mad at, by the way, in the next two. Oh. Interesting. Surprisingly. All right, we'll get there in like five minutes, but... Listeners, you won't get there no, for another will. week, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mark, um, I say we got any other any more favorite moments, man? No, but just so I can say it too. Don't fence me in. All right. <laughs> um, I had a retro rage because I don't remember who Madeline Albright is. I think she had something like Secretary of State or some shit. She was on the Supreme Court. There, there you go. Yep. Whoever the hell. Uh, she that's is. not retro reference, dude. Supreme Court appointments are for life. <laughs> I mean, they can still be retro. <laughs> Maybe if it I is retro. Who, I can't tell. <laughs> if I asked you who Antonin Scalia is, you'll know who he is, but he hasn't been on there for like fucking 10 years because he died. Yeah, because the fucking racist is dead, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we're like, um, never mind. I, we're angry. <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. We're just angry today. I don't know what our problem I, is. Guys, really, our problem is we, we got into talk about politics, and Mark and I both very much hate our political system here, if that wasn't apparent. So I apologize as well. This vitriol is not welcome at Dang Old Podcast, and we will do better next episode. But you know what? Shout out to all of our non-American listeners. Like, yes, you can hear how upset you can hear how upset we are about American politics in a fucking rewatch retrospective about King of the Hill. Like, <laughs> we absolutely. I, I I think I am not. I'm not saying anything that shouldn't be said here when I say that, Mark, you and I are both very proud Americans. We love our country. We love what it stands for. We love the cool shit we get to do here and the liberties that we have. But you know what? Just because we love it doesn't mean that we don't want it to improve. And it is very far from fucking perfect right now. I don't know. I've kind of red-pilled myself on hating this fucking country. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think there, there are I elements of it that I'm you like, still New like. New York but... State won't reissue my birth certificate so I can get a passport. Because they know as soon as <laughs> I get to literally anywhere, I'm renouncing my fucking American citizenship. Like, 
Uh, just in case you're curious, you can buy an EU passport to live in Portugal, and you only technically have to be in country seven days a year in order for it to be valid anywhere in the EU. Oh my God! Are you don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> and Portugal also, ninety-eight percent of the citizens there speak English. Yeah, um, Amanda's there right now. My listeners, my lady's in Portugal right now, and she says it is a thousand percent amazing. So go check out yeah. Portugal. Um, anyway. Yeah. Oh, I have one uh, retro reference rage for you. Let's hear it, buddy. And maybe I am extrapolating here, but when Khan says, okay, how is Khan watering, keeping his grass so green, Johnny? Secret Asian watering technique. He could you, spit in a thimble. Do you know what he's um, referencing? I don't think he does. Uh, Calgon. It was a detergent. And it was this really racist ad about, like, this Chinese uh, laundryman going, how do you, how does your husband get the clothes so clean? And he goes, ancient Chinese secret. And it's like ancient Chinese secret. And the wife like holds up a box of Calgon. It's, it's, it's a laundry detergent. <laughs> I, I mean, is that better or worse than, uh, uh, what is it? Nakamura Fishworks and Takahashi Electric and their fish bulb disrespecting dirt. No, okay. no, no, no. No more Simpsons references. No, no more that's like the best one. That's the greatest one. No, I just... Mr. Spackle. <laughs> oh, you have very lucky dishes, Mr. Simpson. All right, anyway. Um... <laughs> hey okay, there, Chief. Let's chat. Fucker. Why not? Um, all right, rating. Johnny, what do you got for me, buddy? Uh, I gave Flesh with Power a butane. What I didn't okay. bring up, by the way, is Nate Hashaway is uh, the... We mentioned him two episodes ago on our podcast. Um, this is the same guy who was in Son-in-Law with uh, with the Weasel. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, the same yeah, yeah, voice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't remember his name. He's a dickhead coach in, in Mighty Ducks. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Um, I, gave it a, I gave it a butane. Um, okay. The bureaucracy of this story is what makes me so angry and it makes it kind of hard to watch. But Dale makes it fun and I think Bobby get, getting his smart moment is very cute and I think if there's a bonding moment between him and Hank when Hank realizes that he gave up his front door privileges to make sure that his lawn actually had a, a fighting chance. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I like it when we see Bobby loving Hank. We've talked about this a lot, but I... I like Bobby he adores his dad. Hank. It's yeah, it's 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 great. It makes me happy inside. Um, yeah, uh, butane. This is kind of a banal episode. We've seen him do cool shit with dumb premises before, like Peggy's Bobble, Boggle Championship. Like that's a stupid episode, but it's an all right episode. This right? is too. But man, it just. I want to say that it didn't age well, like to where we are right now as Americans. But then, like at the same time, like. It aged too well. It's still too relevant, and I really don't like it. Um, government is fucked up. Uh, we need to burn it all down from the... Just just burn it down at the root, cut that fucking tree out of the ground, and make it into, like, I don't know, poorly made Ikea furniture or some shit, and start from scratch, because this is done. Like, anyway. Uh, Butane, it's fine, whatever. Go watch Roy Rogers McFreely. It's a better episode, and it has a better song in that uh, cilantro song. So, yeah. Yeah. El Pedro. El pero es mi corazón. Anyway, um, yeah, let's get the <laughs> hell out of here. But before we do let's that, do Johnny, it. I got to ask you, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Yeah, man. Even with like this kind of a turd of an episode, no pun intended, I, I still really like King of the Hill. It's great. It's Because you know what? I, I wasn't bored the whole time I was watching no. this. I still got some really solid laughs out of it. Like, yeah, love it. Well, wonderful. Um, Mark, I'm going to tell the good people where they can find us. Please do, sir. 
Yeah, the good people of internet and podcast land can find us at Dang Old Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and at dangoldpodcast at gmail.com if you want to email. Uh, still haven't gotten any emails from you people. What the hell? Yeah. What the hell? Well, you know, but they are, us a line. we are getting some pretty solid engagement on Twitter and Instagram, though, so that's pretty cool. Appreciate you all. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my name is KrautBallStream. That is Kraut as in sauerkraut. Ball as in Swedish meatball and stream as in Portuguese raicho. Right. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I mean, I could have gone with current, which is fluxo, but I don't think that sounds as cool. <laughs> That's um, the third bending robot, fluxo. <laughs> he bends wa- no, he bends straight pipes into L pipes for septic tanks. Uh, but all pipes are L shaped. <laughs> it's a lowercase well- L. <laughs> Mark, I need you. Uh, I need you to tell me where we can find you because we got to get the hell out of here. We do. Um, you can. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I got the fucking giggles. Um, all pipes are straight, and all straight pipes are L's. <laughs> you can find me. At Marky Stardust on Twitter, at Great Greek Buffalo on Instagram, that I never ever update. You can also find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird shit. Go, I know that this episode is coming out months after the fact, but Johnny and I just got done with Josh recording an epic two-part crossover episode talking all about professional wrestling go check us out go check josh out check out two wizards tell your friends about dangle podcast let us know like and like give us that fucking rating i don't ever ask for ratings but guys rate us we're we're picking up a lot of steam and we're at the point now where like ratings can only help us so please 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 rate us but only if it's five star and if you don't give us a five star well i'm gonna talk to you until you do give us a five star and yeah we're gonna fence you in (laughs) <laughs> Don't fence me in. <laughs> um, thank you for listening, guys. We love you all, everyone. Uh, be good to each other. Um, vote in local elections. It is insanely important, no matter where you live. And Johnny, take us out, buddy. We appreciate you all, and you have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>